Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, we're talking about leap years today. How did ancient civilizations in, say, 45 BC or thereabouts, with their ancient technology, figure out that the Earth orbits the Sun in exactly 365 days and a little bit? Oh yeah, they were pretty smart back then. So the ancient Romans, uh, they actually, they watched the Sun, and they observed the stars and tracked the Sun's movement over time. They knew about things like solstices, which we also talked about in a recent episode. Essentially, the days with high points and low points of sun and sky. So they tracked how many days were in between these solstices. They were interested in this because it basically correlated with the growing seasons. And then over many, many years and a large amount of trial and error, uh, they started developing calendars. And so the Romans realized that the solar year was approximately 365.25 days long. And so they decided to create a calendar with 365 days and then add an extra day every four years to basically account for that additional quarter of a day. So this is the, how the concept of leap years was basically born. That makes total sense. So they were pretty close, but what's the exact length of an Earth year and how does it differ from that 365.25 days? They were close indeed. The exact length of an Earth year as we know now, basically the time it takes for the Earth to orbit the Sun completely, is approximately 365.2422 days. So this slight discrepancy, which is like about 11 minutes less than the actual 365 and a quarter days, while it might seem insignificant, you know, over centuries, it kind of adds up. So I believe it's the Gregorian calendar that does adjust for this discrepancy. There are some exceptions to leap years, is that right? Yep, yep. So the Gregorian calendar was introduced by Pope Gregory the 13th in 1582, and it made a small but important adjustment here. It stipulates that most century years are actually not leap years, but actually those divisible by 400 are. So how this works is that the year 1600 and 2000, they were leap years, but 1700, 1800, and 1900 were not. Oh, I see. So our next century year, 2100, is not divisible by 400, and so it will not be a leap year? Uh, exactly. It will be an exception to the typical four-year leap year pattern. Uh, so 2100 will not have a February 29th. I see. So do you know anyone who was born on February 29th? And what, what is the likelihood of being born on February 29th? Oh, yes, I do, actually. The chances of being born on a February 29th are approximately 1 in 1,461. Since, well, that's the number of days in four years. So yeah, it is quite rare. And there are lots of interesting superstitions and traditions associated with leap years, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. So in some cultures, being born on February 29, like we talked about, can be considered unlucky. I think in Greece, it's considered unlucky to get married in a leap year as well. And in Ireland, there's a tradition that women propose to men on leap day. I think this one has spread to some other countries too. Or maybe it just gets talked about because, you know, it's kind of fun. To, it's a fun one to discuss. Were there any other ways to account for the Earth's orbit and the point two four two two in the calendar year without using leap years? 
Ah, uh, yeah, there have actually been proposals for alternative calendars, like the International Fixed Calendar, which has 13 months of 20 days each. However, with one or two extra days not assigned to any week or month. Um, but, you know, that's kind of confusing. So, so far, the Gorian calendar with leap years is the most widely accepted system. Okay, and final question, because there's a mathematical paradox people call the birthday paradox. And I'm just curious if you could explain that, but also to finish off with, does the birthday paradox apply to leap years? You know, it actually still does work. The birthday paradox is fascinating. It states that in any group of 23 people, there is about a 50% chance that two people share the same birthday. Hmm. But, you know, the statistic, when it's calculated, actually excludes leap year birthdays. So when you include leap year birthdays, the probability does get slightly lower, around 47% rather than 50%, but still, that's a pretty good chance. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got comments and suggestions for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to leave us a review or a rating on Apple iTunes because it helps other people to discover this podcast, which me and Kevin really appreciate. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain 5 and we will see you all next week.